Hello everyone, welcome back to the Marble Live, I should say, live stream and video podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? I last did one of these, a special for Windows 7, which was aired live on YouTube. But now we're back. After three and a half years, we're back on YouTube. <coughs> Alright, let's get into the start of the today's show. Today is August 27th at 5pm. It's not actually at 5pm, it's going back to the regular 8pm. So let's start with some announcements. As I was just saying before, the Marble Live podcast returns. Now we are back to normal. So back in the old days with the Chasm Productions Live podcast. We would do the stream. Then we'd air it um, on iTunes afterwards, as it was called back then. But now we'll be doing Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And another one, which I'll be hinting at, which you can see in the next announcement. Um, next announcement, YouTube. I'll start with the YouTube channel. Obviously, it's been a bit inactive for a while because I've been having to focus on a lot of things, especially with COVID and with school. Yeah, but it will be coming back to a more regular basis. There will be the live streams every week and a, and a YouTube video every two weeks. So yes, and I will. if there's a new YouTube video, I will show it on stream. Next announcement, I am s not switching, but I'm starting an another YouTube video platform on called Odyssey. It's a version of Libri. I think it's awesome. So I hope you'll join me in that venture. Um, everyone who's on YouTube would join me on Odyssey. The podcast will be uploaded here as well. So, you know, try and broaden the platforms that the podcast will be seen on. I see we're at episode 213. This is. Jeez, 213. That's a lot. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our next announcement. The TM blog is back. As you can see, I actually am on the Marble blog at the moment. Um, the TML schedules and polls and everything else like that, all these wonderful things will be available on the blog from now on. So, without further ado, let's get into the main point of our show, the tech topics. <laughs> Welcome back. Our first topic for tonight, I'll use this tab instead, makes it a little easier, you know, is the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros. So obviously, if, if none of you have been living under a rock for the past year, Apple has introduced the new M1 SoC in November of 2020. However, there weren't any design changes and the CPU is only mildly better than the Core i9 variant. That's probably hopefully going to change this year. With rumours suggesting Apple has a major MacBook Pro design refresh in the works. This is from MacRumors.com. So apparently they're going to continue on with the 16-inch model and going to make a new 14-inch model instead, which I th I'm actually going to probably end up pre-ordering the 14-inch. Sounds pretty good. I'm not sure about you. You guys can tell me on the podcast comments whether you think a 14-inch is a good idea from Apple or not. These rumours have been confirmed for many, many months now to be true. Well, no rumours 100% true, but obviously, but, you know, hopefully we'll see something in the works soon. So there's the current 13-inch MacBook Pro there, and the 16-inch MacBook Pro, and apparently the design will be similar to the iPhone 12. Also, hopefully it will have more ports. So what we're looking at here is we're going to use MagSafe. MagSafe will make a comeback, finally. So you won't have to deal with the horrible USB-C charging. You have a little plop. You open it. USB-A. That will be amazing. Headphone jack, obviously. I hope they don't get rid of that. And apparently they'll even feature an SD card slot like the 2015 MacBook Pro that I'm using to record this right now. So I think that should be pretty good. No touch bar. Now, I've been one of those people who's been quite against the touch bar. I just feel that it's not the 
best way compared to function keys, which is one of the reasons why I've kept my 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro for so long now, as it just works. So I feel hopefully that Apple will test versions without a touch bar, and this should be great. Display. Apparently there are rumours that the new MacBook Pros will feature better displays, and the, apparently they'll be brighter, they'll have higher contrast, so hopefully this will be similar to the Pro Display XDR that they have had out since November of 2019, no, December actually, and a bigger battery. Now this is obviously the big part of the new ones, the processor. The entry-level 13-inch and the MacBook Air, Mac Mini, um, iPad Pro and iMac have had the Apple first-gen Apple chip known as the M1. Hopefully they'll start using M1X soon enough. It might be called, I feel it's going to be called M2, but we'll see about that. Hopefully something will happen. Now, something also interesting is the leak schematics. So, Apple supplier, Quantia, showed in some, some schematics that had been ransomware leaked apparently. I haven't been following that part too much as I'm not the person who goes into, you know, I'm not sure how legal this is. However, apparently they are going to introduce MagSafe and put an HDMI port and an SD card port back, just like how it is on the 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro. But I honestly think that they will be a bit more expensive, and so does everyone else really, apparently due to the Pro Display XDR like mini LED display, which should be cool, but it will add up to maybe $100, $200 higher US price. But I think that should be pretty cool. On to the next topic for tonight, it's about T-Mobile. Now this is only something I heard about very recently. So apparently T-Mobile recently suffered a significant data breach that saw sensitive data from more than 50 million current prospective and former customers stolen. This is huge! Apparently this guy John Bins, 21 year old American who lives in Turkey, was responsible for the attack. And apparently T-Mobile has a lot of weak spots. So it just says here, T-Mobile has since said that data from more than 50 million customers was accessed. Stolen data includes customer names, dates of birth, SSNs, ID cards and licenses. So yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of data to be stolen. And sure, obviously, you have part of the blame on the hacker because obviously it wouldn't have gone hacked without the hacker. Then as well, why was T-Mobile security so bad that, you know, it got breached so easily, which is just ridiculous, I feel. Alright, on to the next topic from here. Now, if you haven't been following the movement of Apple 2, oh no, this is that, that's the next topic, sorry. More than 100 million people worldwide use an Apple Watch. The Apple Watch continues to be the most popular smartwatch in the market. I... I think the SE is also pretty good, so I hope they update the SE as, SE as well. But as you can see here, it has grown hugely in the market since um, quarter two of 2020, which is just, I think, I think that's amazing, really. Obviously, they've had quite a hard time pulling this off, Apple, you know, somehow. You know, it's, it might seem like, you know, to Apple, but it's always you're launching a new product. Of course, it's going to be hard getting it to people to buy it. Every company has had to learn that, including Apple. On to the next topic. Now, this is what I was talking about before about the Apple II movement. Apple employees increasingly content to criticise the company amid switch to remote working and use of Slack. 
Now, I guess this is one of those things that you kind of, you have to look at it from both perspectives as obviously there's definitely an issue inside Apple because, you know, you can think how secretive they are. They, It would take a lot of people, like just like this, what's happening right here, something big to come out like a protest inside of Apple from their employees. So I feel here, so just it says here from Mac Rumors, Apple Slack became a virtual town square at the company, providing a platform for employees to protest the return to in-person work. Decisions, let me make this a bit bigger here. Decisions to hire controversial new employees and more. Until the secret transition to remote working last year due to the global health crisis, COVID-19, Apple's culture of secrecy, which I was talking about just before, which is, it's good on both sides, really, but can also be bad as well. Limited the opportunities for grassroots employees to organize independently. Apparently Slack has been really good for them, but then Apple doesn't, the obviously the, the employees love using Slack as it gives them a way to employees from different divisions to talk to each other, but corporate doesn't like this because it's taking out their secrecy that's happening, which it's, yeah, as I was talking about, it's, this story's really, you have to look at it from both sides, unfortunately. Yeah, this is kind of a stupid thing at the moment, yeah. Apple to release iOS 15 iCloud private relay, which is Apple's new sort of VPN, I feel, as a public beta. So when at WWDC 2021, when they announced iCloud private relay, which is... Like, I guess a baby virtual private network or VPN, but I don't think, if you're really wanting to stay private on the internet, I would not recommend private relay as of yet. Pro Apple will probably make it, you know, private relay SE, private relay pro, private relay plus, you know. That's how companies do these things these days. Um, so, yeah, I think it still should be pretty good that Apple's rolling out their own VPN, though. So, iCloud Private Relay is a service that's designed to ensure Safari traffic leaving an iPhone, iPad, or Mac is encrypted through two separate internet relays so that companies cannot use personal information like IP addresses, location, and browsing activity to, to build detailed profiles about Apple device users. Apple's release notes for the new update made available today also confirm that several issues have been um, addressed. So I think also Siri, can, this one here about Siri can be used to switch to, to a focus other than do not disturb. I think that's actually quite good, especially talking about the new focus in iOS 15 and iPadOS 15, which should also hopefully, I can't remember exactly, might be coming to macOS 12 Monterey as well, which would be pretty cool. I'll have a video up demoing macOS Monterey when it comes out as the Golden Master. They'll be coming up on YouTube and Odyssey, so look forward to that. That should be within whenever, well, whenever Apple releases it, probably sometime October, November. That should be pretty good. Moving on to the next topic here. This Now we're getting into our section from TheVerge.com. Apple will take a smaller cut of publishers' sales if they join Apple News. So obviously, this is kind of something that Apple has always had this problem with, you know, with, you know, when they want to get publishers to pay a certain amount to Apple, they've always offered 30%, and if you look at the current thing between 
with free Fortnite with Apple versus Epic in court. They Apple would only give some companies 15, but most would get 30. So it says here, Apple has a new offer for publishers. Join Apple News and it will only take 15% out of your in-app purchases and subscriptions instead of 30. Publishers can apply to Apple's news partner program, which is the name of it, but, I th but they have to agree to Apple's requirements, which naturally benefit Apple and go beyond ma just maintaining a channel in Apple News. Why? I, think it's, I, I was reading through a few of these earlier, and they seem like, sure, like some of them I understand, like professionally authored news content. Some of them just feel really Apple heavy, like they're trying to, instead of taking, uh, making sure the product is good or the publishers are happy, consumers are happy, they want corporate to be happy, or the people, the money makers within Apple, which has really shown for them before that, that can, it seems good for them, until it leaks out to the public, and then it becomes an absolute nightmare for everyone, especially for public relations. So yeah, it's these things are just... Now next thing, this is out of Apple now, we're out of Apple News, however we will be returning to Apple soon. Now we're talking about the latest, now a part of the ongoing supply shortage of chips, which has affected everything from computers to cars, everything. One of the main manufacturers of these chips is TSMC, or the Taiwan Semiconductor Company. They're the biggest one in the world, and they're used for like things like Ryzen, NVIDIA's GPUs, Qualcomm, Snapdragon, Apple for the M1, A14, all those chips that are used in nearly everything, except for Intel. The company plans to raise prices of its advanced chips by around 10% and less advanced products by around 20%, according to a new report from the Wall Street Journal. Semiconductor... Um, supplies become an in increasingly important factor, especially in these days of COVID, you know, when the supply is much shorter than it was pre-COVID. But, but raising the prices of what was already one of the most ex important and expensive components in a device, for example, two of the iPhone's three most expensive parts, it's Qualcomm, oh, it's modem. Oh. And obviously the A14, Apple A14 system on a chip. So maybe that means we could be headed for price increases. Maybe this is also why the M1X MacBook Pros will be increased in price compared to the previous Intel and M1 generations. I, I think it's interesting here. Additionally, Apple CEO Tim Cook did warn in the company's last earning calls that silicon supply constraints could be coming to its upcoming iPhone and iPad products as fall, especially for older, less advanced chips. Now to the next topic, Apple is rolling out new firmware versions for AirTags. I think this is, I've never really followed AirTags too closely. I do, I think they are a pretty good idea. There's one I am worried about a bit privacy, you know, you know, having something that's tracking your items at all times. I just, I'm sure Apple's done some big privacy advantage thing about it though. Here's the saying here, Apple's beginning, is now beginning to roll out new versions firmware to the Apple AirTag trackers. The new version apparently comes two months after the previous release, which made improvements to anti-stalking features for the air tags. The new version is 1A291A. 
and oh yeah the previous version here was 287b okay so obviously that must have been one of the original versions but now they're updating it which is great you should always update things to be the latest version so you know, as you know you have security bugs in previous releases that would have been previously done but now they obviously as things get older people will leak more yeah now on to our last tech topic for today, the Pixel 5a, 5G edition. I, I've always actually had, speaking of, a bit of an interest with the Pixel series from Google. Because back when I started, you know, looking into phones, Pixel didn't exist. It was really just Galaxies, iPhones, and then whatever other cheaper phones. I think the Pixel is pretty good. It is Google trying to make something new, which is great. And it seems like a lot of people have started, you know, considering this as a real option. You know, you wonder, you know, with Google, how bad is the privacy in it going to be, you know, compared to if you're running Linux or something else similar to that. This is from 9to5Google. Our review of the Pixel 5a, which you can find on 9to5Google, 9to5Google.com. So apparently it was closer to the Pixel 5 than the Pixel 4a 5G, as was widely expected during the rumour cycle. So that's what I was just showing about. Rumours can sometimes be true, then sometimes not. If you have a look here, I think this is actually... Oh, let me zoom in on this. Uh, I think the Pixel actually does look pretty good here. I like how it's got, you know, this, the sandblasted texture on it. Here you go. Here's some photos of it here. So you can see on the left is the Pixel 5 and the Pixel 5a. They do have a remarkably similar design. You, I, it's obvious you can see here the Pixel 5 has a black logic board, while this one has like a turquoisey board. I actually, to be honest, quite I usually you know black logic boards are better. Obviously, Apple products use black logic boards these days. But the 5a with its turquoise it does look pretty good actually. That also might be because it's less of a premium phone, unlike the 5 and the upcoming 6. Says apparently, ah, oh, so this here, this big thing, apparently, oh, graphene. Ah, oh, so they use graphene. That's interesting. Now, that's it for tech topics tonight. It is 20 past 8. Let's move on to the game show. Welcome back. Now, the main thing for tonight in the game show is the all-new Valve Stream Deck. This is like the Nintendo Switch, but so many times better. It's made by Valve. It's running Linux, which is woohoo, the most gaming power you've ever had, introducing Steam Deck. Starts shipping in December 2019. So if you, if you have a look here, see it actually looks really nice. It's quite thin as well, which is nice. It has all the PC games that you'd ever want to play, including the Portal and Half-Life series. All in all, you can see some product photos down here, which obviously it's stream, so you can 360p, so you won't be able to see it too well. But it does actually look like quite a nice device, and I would hope to one day get my hands on a Stream Deck for a review. So if you remember that video I did about running Steam games on Android through, I can't remember what that piece of software is called, but it allowed me to play Portal 2 on my Android phone. That was pretty cool. However, it was quite laggy in there. I there was lots of latency, so I wouldn't call it a proper solution, but it was pretty good as a start. 
You see it's powerful. It seems like it's running a chip made by AMD. So obviously AMD's new Zen 3 chip. So I think they're used in here. They're used in the Xbox Series X. Sees this in the latest PlayStation 5 systems. If we take a look here, comfortable. This is something that really intrigued me is how good this model was. But it does look like they're a lot better than the ones such as used on the Xbox Series S and X controller. But I do think the DualSense 5 might be a bit better. You know, if you think about it, it is shaped quite well. The newest controller I physically own is an Xbox One. The, the OG Xbox One, the 2013 edition. I know I'm old. <laughs> Versatile. Shows here you can add your own storage through Steam Deck Media Discs and, from what I've seen, regular micro SD cards. I'm sure you can use more. So if we take a look here, if we look more about the hardware here, Steam Deck is the most powerful real gamepad controls. These do look really good. It's got comfort, everything you'd want. Thumbsticks, which look amazing. They, are, like, they have the nice rubber sides, unlike the ones on the 360 do. The triggers, they look like they have a good amount of, um, not friction, but that clickiness that you'd expect from a nice, like, professional game console controller, as you'd expect in 2021. Grip buttons. This is something that I think I remember seeing, like an Xbox Elite controller prototype, the grip buttons. However, if you see here, it's buttons that you hold on the back of the controller, and they they're user-assignable here, which I think it's pretty cool. It's got a 7-inch touchscreen trackpads, which is interesting, but I think that is a good idea. And a gyro, so an accelerometer, which provides everything. So there you go. Yeah, everything you need. Fast storage. Okay, so yeah, it's got EMMC, which is things you'd find in like a little Chromebook. NVMe SSDs, which is pretty cool. And you can use micro SD cards, as I was saying. It's got USB-C, Wi-Fi, Hi-Fi audio with DSP. 40 watt hour battery, and you'll get up to approximately 7 to 8 hours. Fast suspend slash resume. This is something that I think is just so cool. This is the part that caught me most about the Stream Deck, is that just like the Nintendo Switch, you can dock it and then use it with an external monitor. And because it's running Linux, from what it seems here, it's running a custom version of KDE on Arch Linux. You can also use it as a computer, and obviously it's powered with like the Zen 3 processor in it. it. has NVMe SSDs on the higher-end model. This would be a really nice gaming system. In fact, if you wanted a light computer, you could just have the one computer. It would be your portable gaming machine and a computer to use if you didn't mind using Linux. And plus you could probably also, this is something that I'd be quite curious to test. Can you run Windows through VirtualBox, VMware Player, Workstation, whatever? That would be pretty cool to see. As you can see, do normal productivity, stream video, like the Marble Live, suggest that. As you can see here, it's got all the ports. If you take a look here, the, the deck and the dock, the stream deck dock, <laughs> that's, that's a very weird name. It's got power, probably. Got DisplayPort, HDMI, USB-C, Ethernet, and three USB-As. As you can see, it's got... Actually looks like a pretty good experience. It seems like here someone's in a car. That's pretty cool. So it starts shipping in December 2021 to most regions. More regions coming in 2022. I kind of think this looks like the old Discovery Channel logo. Does anyone think that? 
I think that I think that's pretty cool as well. You know, that's it for now with the stream deck. We will be back soon. Welcome back. Turns out Super Hexagon does not work. We are sorry for that. And I'm sorry for muting my microphone. Now, let's move on to the random file of the day. Let's see. The file of the day, courtesy of fileinfo.com, is RSS. Ah. Rich site summary. An RSS file is a rich site summary saved in an XML-based syndication format. It contains news headlines and other web content like the old KPRSS, along with metadata such as the author's name and the published date. Now, let's next go on to random number generator. And we are going to do the... Jeez, how do you spell generator? And what we're going to do is we're going to do the Mac Tracker, Mac Apple product of the day. Let's bring this up here. I will switch to the desktop feed. Here we are. Let's bring up Mac Tracker, wherever it is. All right, here we are. Now, there are. And Apple's existence, geez, this is math time for me. There are 30, 16, 5, 35 years of Apple. Let me check that right now. So, 2021 minus 1976, 45. Okay, so there are 45. Let's do random number generator here. This one looks lovely. <laughs> and we're going to do a random number, generate a random number between 1 and 45. The random number here is 6. So, we will be in 1982 here. And there's only one product in 1982, so the Apple product of the day is the Apple Dot Matrix Printer. Often shortened to Apple DMP, is a ma printer manufactured by CITO and sold under Apple Computer Label in 1982 for the Apple II series, Lisa, and the Apple III. Who uses the Apple III anyway? See, I think the Apple III, I've used an Apple III at a computer museum. They get very hot doing little. Obviously, they did not have a fan in them. Apparently, you didn't even have to drop it to get the darn thing to turn on. These were horrible computers. Absolutely horrible. But yes, the Apple DMP is the last parallel port printer sold under Apple label. All subsequent Apple printers, ImageWriter, ImageWriter 2, Scribe, LaserWriter EC, were serial port printers. It's using DB25. Ah, so that's interesting. So we go here to parallel. So it's interesting looking back at the parallel port, as it was on it wasn't on Apple products for too long, however it was used on PCs for a very long time. Especially as either a blue or a pink port here. So if we take a look here. Yeah, so if you see here, this is a parallel port here. It is a 25 connection, DB25. And yeah, this is what people is. I know a computer from 2001 that I have that has a parallel port. It's a compact Evo with a Pentium 4. Oh my gosh, look at this. This is a parallel port card. Probably for ISA, the ISA or V bus, I'd say. Not 100% sure about that though. So, from there on, 
Thanks for watching the Marvel Live. It's been 33 minutes of hopefully entertaining content. Sorry about the no super hexagon, but we will be back next week, episode 214. New show, new time. And remember, to eat your vegetables, goodbye. Thanks for watching the Marvel Live. Join us later for the podcast and next week, which will be announced on the Marvel blog. Bye.